0: on Local Now Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about It could be the stock market. It could be investments. The market's taking a look. It looks like it's opening a little bit higher, and it's having a nice kind of move about it. I wonder why. That's a good question. Dow jumps 250 points. When I was a younger man, 250 points felt like a lot. But I don't really think that it's so much so when the market's at a higher valuation, right? White House advisor Kellyanne Conway said on Fox News that President Donald Trump wants to meet with President Xi very soon and that Trump wants a deal. That sent the stock market higher. Now, I'm not going to be surprised if tomorrow Kellyanne Conway says Trump doesn't want a deal. He wants what's best for America. And that's kind of where I am on the whole political talk on a regular basis. Under Armour beat expectations in the fourth quarter. Under Armour is a competitor of Nike. It invites the question, what do you want to own as an investor? Do you want to own Nike the dominant player, or do you want to play the play that's maybe the counterplay? Maybe it's the play that people want to invest in because they want the next Nike. Maybe you like the revenue growth. Maybe you like the margins. Uh, maybe it's the counterplay, or then again, maybe you want to go with what you're going with. McDonald's in the news today. Speaking of competitors that are easy to analyze and easy to digest, so to speak, <laughs> it may be too easy to digest. Sometimes McDonald's food right? goes right through you, if you know what I'm saying. And, oh, by the way, Bill Gates mentions cows as an enemy of the uh, of the climate. Saying cow farts are destroying the planet. He said, we're focusing too much on solar energy, not enough on manufacturing, and not enough on cow farts. I know you're saying, wow. Did Bill Gates really say the word cow farts? He did. He did. You might have said flatulence, but you get the idea. Um, Anyway, McDonald's is introducing some, um, how shall we say, donut sticks. Interesting, right? McDonald's has dominated fast food breakfast for years and years and years. But the competitors have started chipping away a little bit. And one of the competitors clearly is Dunkin' Donuts. Who doesn't love fried dough? Ah, Dough in a jacuzzi of grease with cinnamon sugar on it? Yes, please. And that's what McDonald's is going after. Molson Coors missed sales expectations in the fourth quarter. Ticker symbol TAP. I'd do the here comes the bud, here comes the bud. He's number one. Ah, but this is Molson Coors, not Budweiser, right? I've never, ever, never had a taste for Molson Coors. Brand volume declined two percent to ninety-two million hectoliters. It declined one point nine percent to ninety-two million hectoliters. I'm like, what's a hectoliter? Doesn't matter. I'm moving on. It's not my kind of investment. Sometimes that's the best and most powerful lesson I could teach you. Move on; it's not your type of investment. There's a company called Cody. Their shares are up after JAB Holding Company commenced to tender offer to acquire the company. There's a company called Ellie May, and by the way, I like mergers and acquisitions. Ellie May spiked twenty one percent of the news. The company's entered a definitive agreement to be acquired by Thoma Bravo. Now that's two acquisitions. Wall Street kind of likes acquisitions, right? It kind of shows companies looking at each other, saying, "I like you. I like you a lot. You want to go out on Valentine's Day? I like you a lot. Let's get oh, let's let's how much? A lot. Let's get married." So uh, investors saw the Jolt report this morning. The Jolt Report, I know you're saying the Jolt Report, uh, the job openings, this is not quite unemployment. It's not, you know, uh, it's not unemployment. It's not the employment numbers. It's not first-time unemployment activity. It's a little different. It's worthy of note out there that job openings are something that the Federal Reserve pays attention to, but I think the Fed is kind of on hold. Could be, right? That's the thought, at least from some of the recent reports. Job openings came in at 7.3 million versus last month's 6.8 million. So there's jobs out there if you want them. That's the idea. And that tells you that the economy is still probably geared for some inflation. Top stories of note today I think there may be a tentative agreement on the border security. Congressional officials reached an agreement to provide one point three billion for fifty five miles of physical barriers along the border with Mexico. President Trump has yet to indicate his support for the deal. It falls well short of the five point seven billion he wanted. But will this be enough to avert another government shutdown? one point three billion for walls. Oh, who said it that fences make good neighbors? I don't know. <laughs> I really, really don't know. I know it was an American, and I know it was a long, long time ago. There's optimism about US China talks. So, border security check. Maybe no government shutdown on Friday. US China talks seem to be pushing towards an extension. Check. That's positive. Treasuries are kind of unimpressed right now. There's been a lot of money buying bonds and a lot of money buying stocks recently, and usually something has to give there because the bonds are safety, stocks are speculative. You can't really have both for long periods of time. So those are the top stories out there today. January, small business optimism comes in at a reading of 101.2 versus 104. I don't want you reading too much into that. I think that's some pretty hardcore stuff when you go that direction. Strengthen the S&P 500 financial sector. I always like seeing that because banks are ultimately pretty reasonable. No one just borrows money, $500,000, and says, I'm going to go buy a house, and no one's going to check on my credit or my income or my assets or my liabilities. So, you want to see banks doing well because they tend to be smart lenders. They know the risk-to-reward profile. So, J.P. Morgan Chase, Wells Fargo, Citigroup, all setting higher today. There's a company called Chegg. They're up after they beat top and bottom line expectations. One analyst sees Chegg, C-H-G-G, ticker symbol, as a $44 stock. It's currently a $38 stock. That doesn't sound too unreasonable following earnings. Taking a look at the commodities market, um, oil's at fifty-three, almost fifty-four dollars a barrel, kind of in between the two. That's not telling me much right now. There's some U.S. sanctions on Iran and Venezuela, and partial Keystone oil pipeline shut down. There's a lot of news about Saudi Arabia and Amazon and Saudi Arabia and the Washington Post. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves, weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW. Biz. Some days I go kind of in the... Way back Machine, so to speak, and I start talking about things that I used to talk about, and it kind of makes me a little nervous sometimes uh, for obvious reasons. Americans are feeling pretty optimistic about their personal finances, and that's got me a little nervous. I know that I suffer a little bit of anxiety. I worry about the future. I worry about my kids. I worry about my family. I worry about things that I love when you get a set of glasses and you have eight glasses and one falls and breaks, you're like, Oh, there's seven. And now with four people, that's means I have to wash between every meal. Right. And you put this kind of context into what you have and don't have. You kind of start to understand of like, Oh, I'll just buy more glasses. And that's the optimism that people feel. Oh, I'll just buy more glasses. The level of optimism in the United States on financial well-being is too high. When you start doing the math of what people are saving versus what people are spending versus what you get in Social Security, i.e. money that you set aside during your work year so that it'll take care of you during your retirement years. Well, the Social Security, our government officials can't spend fast enough anything that might create um, positives for savings for the long-term constituents. The unemployment rate is low, and that gives us a false sense of security. Uh, Do you remember when the unemployment rate was more at 10% and you saw people marching in the streets looking for a livable wage? That's more realistic. So I think I can be incredibly subjective, and I can be incredibly influenced at times, I tend not to like Republicans or Democrats, because I, I tend to think that they're really not looking at my issue of getting people to retirement. You know, a wall made with spikes and deterrents, and it's, to me, I'm like, I I don't care. I'm thinking about retirement. That's my issue, right? U.S. consumer's purchasing power has only risen by $2.38 since 1964. Although paychecks have grown when you adjust for inflation, today's average hourly wages, has just about the same purchasing power as it did in 1978. I talked to a friend yesterday in Arizona, and he's like, you wouldn't believe what you could buy in Arizona versus California. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, I would. (laughs) I, I read about it all the time. So there's a big report from Stanford that came out late last year about how much we've saved for retirement or not. The average baby boomer, um, one in three, for the average baby boomer, age 58, one in three has saved nothing. You're 58 years old, and they've saved nothing. The median amount of baby boomers is about $200,000, which... You buy a car that's $50,000, and well, you just spent $5,000 on taxes, then you're starting to see how retirement's going to just bite you. It'll bite you. My first illegal drink when I was 18 years old in a state that had a 21-year-old drinking age was a Greyhound, and the bartender could probably tell I was underage, and he goes, it'll bite you. I know you're saying, Greyhound was your first drink. (laughs) It kind of was. Sad to say. So we have way too much confidence for where we are as a nation. If the average baby boomer has $200,000 saved, that ain't that ain't enough. When you start talking about a million, then you can start pulling $40,000 a year, maybe $50,000 a year for 20 years, right? And then you're like a 60 to 80. Okay, I, I'm starting to get it. But if you're in a state that has high sales tax or high income tax, a million dollars ain't a million dollars. It's more like $800,000. So suddenly that, instead of lasting 20 years, is going to last 16 years. Let's count in healthcare. Let's count in emergencies. And you can see that it goes pretty darn fast. So Americans have a stunning false sense of financial security. I started the segment by saying sometimes I go back and I I look at my notes from the past and sometimes it kind of makes me cringe because one of the names that came up was Colgate Palmolive. 20 years ago, the story wasn't about baby. Well, the story was about baby boomers. The story was not about millennials 20 years ago, like it is now. 20 years ago, it was about India and China becoming more economic powers. And one of the things that I kind of bought into was that if you're going to be an economic power, you're going to create... Your poverty, your low-income classes are going to create some middle-income, middle-class type of living standards. Colgate palm olive was a stock that I used to talk about in a sense, not necessarily to say buy this, but try to understand it. There was one point in time where Coca-Cola, in one of their annual reports, said, if everyone in China had one ounce of Coke per year, our stock would like quadruple. Like That's a lot of people in China. Same thing could be said on Colgate-Palmolive if you start creating a class of people that maybe want to brush their teeth, maybe put on deodorant, maybe travel, maybe have a cigarette after work because they're stressed and they see all these little things as not necessarily luxuries, but as living items, right? Col- Colgate-Palmolive is a fine company to look at when you're starting to talk about like globalization plays. For me, Colgate Palmolive is not so sexy because I look at my uh, pan—not my pantry. What do you call it? your bathroom? I look at my bathroom pantry, my bathroom mirror uh, cabinet. What's that thing that's mounted to the wall called? That's a mirror. Uh, and I go, okay. So now Colgate's got a new toothpaste that like makes things shine or smile better, right? And then some years, they got things that make your gums better. And then some years, they got things that have um, more fluoride, more less gingivitis. For the United States, it feels like it's, it's kind of about marketing, whereas Colgate-Palmolive to me feels, when you're talking about China and India, it feels more like you know, something that you consume as a, as a middle-class citizen, but maybe not necessarily as a you know, low-income when you look at Colgate-Palmolive, you could probably take a look at Clorox and Procter and Gamble and take a look at it on a 20- or 30-year basis because it's really a global play, more so than how can we get this guy to brush his teeth in the United States more? I'm not saying that they can't invent something amazing, like toothpaste that you don't have to brush. You just gargle it. I don't know. woo I know. You're saying, man, dentistry is one of your things, isn't it? It is not its uh, bad teeth are bad teeth, and I come from the English. And uh, bad teeth are bad teeth. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't be shy. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. What's on your financial mind? Anything you want to talk about we could talk about? Truly anything. That's kind of what I try to pride myself on. Um, I want to get you to retirement. Bill and Melinda Gates talked about, they talk every year. They kind of give us an update. He's the world's wealthiest man, and he talks about some of the surprises that he sees out there in his 2019 annual letter. He does so much charitable work. Like, you can love him or hate him for what Microsoft did to small companies in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s. You can hate him for that whole shtick of every time you buy a computer, you got a license Microsoft operating system. You can hate him for the whole shtick of every time your computer breaks, you buy a new version of Outlook. I get it. But I kind of nod my hat to his charitable angles. Africa is the youngest continent with a median age of 18, he said in his letter of 2019. Africa is the youngest continent. Now, when I hear about 19-year-olds, I'm like, woo, they're spenders. But Africa doesn't have quite that economy, right? But should we pay attention to investing in Africa down the road? Like we paid attention to investing in China 20 years ago and like the last 10, 15 years on India. We had to eat some really tough decisions on China. Well, they're communism or pseudo-communism, and they're not really quite capitalism. They're pseudo-communist capitalism. Like it was a dilemma. And then you looked at India and you'd be like, well, everything I see on TV, uh, slumdog millionaire, you're like – that looks like a really poor country. I don't want to invest there. India's got awesome schools. India's got awesome politics. Yeah, they have some problems. But that's kind of a, how shall we say, a recipe that, I keep see that going well. The question is, can you see Africa going that well? And it's probably a little bit too early. Um, but there will be correct investments there that will unlock enormous potential of a very young continent. An at-home DNA test can find serial killers and could also help prevent premature birth. Now, what is Bill Gates talking about there? And I should honestly refer to it, and I give a ton of credit. It's the Melinda and Bill Gates Foundation, and I think in a woman first, it makes nothing but sense. Even though you probably associate Microsoft with the dude that ran it and not necessarily the dude's wife. Kind of like Amazon with Jeff Bezos, not necessarily his wife. But he talked about in 2018 the capture of the Golden State Killer. This was a big story in the Bay Area that goes back 33 years with crimes, and DNA helped catch him. The suspected killer was arrested by investigators after distant relative uploaded their DNA to something like an open DNA 23andMe kind of database, that's cool. (laughs) I'm sorry, but that's cool. Um, Seeing that I'm not a serial killer, that's cool. Bill Gates talked about how we need to look at climate change a little different. He talked about cow farts. I know you're saying you can't make this stuff up. But also talked about how we're building basically an entire New York City every month until 2060. If you come to my hometown, you'll look at it and you'll go, holy mackerel, there's a lot of building going on. That's worldwide. And it's not realistic to think that people will simply stop using fertilizer, running cargo ships, building offices, flying airplanes. So we need to start looking at that kind of like we look at the combustion engine, this four-cylinder to six-cylinder car, and go, you are dirty. You are a dirty car. Make our planet dirty. We need to look at manufacturing and cow farts the same exact way. This was a new one for me. Bill Gates talked about data. It can be um, sexist. And again, excuse me, Bill Gates didn't say this. The Gates said this. He expressed concern about the reams of missing data about women, particularly in developing countries. Not only is the data a worry, but the way data is collected stacks the deck against women. I, I, I need more time to process that one. The Gates Foundation talked about attending a meeting of high school boys and how they deal with their anger. Bill said he learned a lot from watching these boys, some of whom he lived had to live through tragedy and found ways of handling the anger. And he thinks we can learn a lot about processing our anger. And I'm like, okay. He admits that some of the Microsoft meltdowns of his were over the top. And it's kind of I, – I, I'm seeing where he's going with this, but it's not, not really – he's older, he's wiser, he's mellower. He did some soul-searching. He said his realization uh, from spending time with teens that, you know, it's touching. It's drawn a lot of attention for its success. There's a a program called BAM, Becoming a Man, which supports at-risk youth and teaches them how to get through difficulties without ruining their lives with massive meltdowns. He kind of implied that because he was running Microsoft, he can get away with it. But I, I kind of agree with that. I talk to today's youth sometimes, and um, some of them are like, "I hate banks," or you know, I, "I hate the government." Yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. Don't let it become anger. Don't let it channel that direction. Um, he talked. I think this was a kind of a, a shot at Bill Ga- at uh, Donald Trump. He talked about globalization being a good thing the nationalist case for globalization. There's nothing about putting your country first that requires turning your back on the rest of the world. And he actually says, if you lend a helping hand, people will admire you more and that'll help you more. It'll draw better people to your country. It'll draw people who want to solve problems. It'll draw people that it won't necessarily say, you know, uh, if you're worried about thugs or what's the gang in Mexico that Trump keeps bringing up M nineteen or something like that. M I nine. I see. My knowledge on gangs not as good as my knowledge on money, right? But he says he, Bill Gates and the Gates Foundation is trying to say if he, if you look like romantic and lovers, romantic and lovers will want to come to you. If you look like you know thugs and like bullies who lock people out, thugs and bullies will come to you and want to get in, see what you're hiding behind that wall. I know I'm, I'm stretching there. But I do like the gates for throwing this stuff out there. I, I, I dig it enormously. Um, I recently changed the, the flow valve on my toilet. And I was looking at it, and there's this, this mechanism where you can screw it looser so it fills up with more water. You screw it tighter so there's less water. Ow. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm good with less water. I don't mind streaks on the toilet. <laughs> like It's not my favorite thing. But... I get it. Wasting water is wasting water. And he talks about toilets. And I, I know that um, Tim Cook and, oh, who's the guy from Google? Eric Schmidt. They invested in this, I think it's called an atomizer. You put it on showerhead. And it, you know how when you, you water your yard, it, it kind of sprays into a bazillion little drops? It's the same concept where you use less water, get more spray. And you save waters with showers. The question is, do we need sewer infrastructure the way we have sewer infrastructure? Or are we just saying, that's, the, that's great. It's like sending your kid to kindergarten and seeing like, the school teacher ring the bell. Like, didn't we do that 200 years ago, Little House on the Prairie? Didn't I see that? It needs to change a bit. So he's talking about affordability. He's talking about fast-growing urban areas. He's talking about sewer infrastructure, external water sources. He's saying, we need to look at this. He's worried about how much we flush. He's worried about cow farts. He's worried about how much concrete we're, we're laying down. I don't think he's as nutty as people want him to be. You know, At one point in time in the 1990s, he was Darth Vader. He was part of the evil empire. You remember every time Darth Vader would walk in a room and they'd go, don dun, da-dun, dun, dun da Same thing with Bill Gates. Everyone hated him, but some countries look at him as a hero. Um, you know, I was just talking about schools need to change the way they teach. Textbooks need to change. Textbooks are still like right out of the, how should we say, 18th century. There's software out there that could do it way better. And we need to embrace that. I once had a friend who... She wanted to get rid of all of her books. I found that fascinating. Because I grew up where, like, if you have a library of books, it makes you well-read. well, well read. You look educated. Um, and now, not so much. I think we can solve... I don't think we need to cut down trees for books anymore. So... Uh, is the Kindle the right product for you? I, I, I think it's definitely part of the future. Mobile phones are most powerful when in the hand of the poorest. It's Bill Gates' final thought for 2018 in review. Mobile phones are the most powerful in the hands of the poorest. I kind of like thinking about that. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. When I look at the job opening reports sitting at record high, I see a lot of potential for people to switch jobs. I'm not saying tell your boss to take this job and shove it, or as Dolly Parton sang at the Grammys the other night, working nine, two, five, what a way to make a living. No, no, no. I'm not saying like go get another job. I'm saying now's a good time to consider it if you feel underappreciated. There's a lot of job openings out there. It doesn't mean the one's right for you. Maximum uncertainty is going to morph into one of the best buying opportunities of the year. The economy is not slowing the way people fear it would, whether it's the government shutdown or the wall or politics that feel pretty dirty right now. The job openings and the unemployment numbers tell me it's still okay. And I get there's a lot of uncertainty with the next government shutdown and the U.S.-China trade war and a weakness out there. I don't think all stocks are made the same, but I think as long as we have jobs, that's a positive thing. And the job numbers haven't weakened yet. Maybe they're not as strong as they were, say, six months ago, but they haven't shown enough weakness that, you know, like sometimes we're walking down steps and you miss a step and you go, oh, and you kind of catch yourself, we're not there yet. But I see why people think, like, we could get there. 800 1220 to get your calls on the air. There's also a winter storm that's grounding more than 1,000 flights. This has been a tough winter. And the government shut down. First quarter GDP is probably not going to be glorious. We had a polar vortex. I know you're saying polar vortex, 60 degrees below. A lot of people are scrambling because of the cold and bitterness of the winter. That takes a bite out of an economy. So I got some tickets to give away. Let's give away, first and foremost, the Monster Jam trucks. I got two of these, two sets of four. Winner receives a family four-pack to Monster Jam Sunday, February 17th at the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum. I got two sets of these. So if you're on hold, stay on hold. 800-516-1220. Fun, fun entertainment. You can see Grave Digger, El Toro, Loco, Max DTM, and many more world-class drivers pushed through perfectly engineered Monster Trucks. And push them to the limits. There's a lot of freestyling, there's a lot of two wheeling, there's a lot of racing competition. Families will be on the edge of their seats. It is crazy noisy. Like in a fun way. And I get it. I, it brings out the inner boy when you hear this and you see a, a monster truck run over a you know another vehicle. <laughs> I don't know, I was gonna say cow, but that's not that's not that's not very nice. So you can visit Ticketmaster.com or KDOW.biz. It's KDOW.biz or Ticketmaster.com if you want tickets. But it's February 17th at the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum. And to win the tickets, all you got to do is call 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Two sets of family, four-pack. So uh, good chance you win if you call right now. 800-516-1220. Bitcoin's still in the news. They're back off from a three-week high. They're back off of a three-week high. They're trading below $3,600. I'm not a Bitcoin kind of guy. I get it. Cryptocurrencies, I get it as an alternative on the dollar. But to me, it just seems like... Uh, I'm going to say f- fodder for like the fancy. I don't know. It's just not my thing. I know you're saying, what is your thing, Rob? Do tell. Um, there's not a lot of great stories out there today. The job openings is out there. We have... Um uh, the Democrats, Pelosi and the Democrats have caved on Trump's border barrier. It looks like 1 to 2 billion dollars of wall funding is going to happen. But they didn't cave the first time through for the full 5 billion. Now there's some sort of compromise. I don't know. Where does it go? When does it get voted on? We'll see. Uh we have rising interest rates and a flattening yield curve. Not ideal. Um the cost of borrowing doesn't really make an attractive case for banks, for them to lend. 40% of Americans want Warren Buffett's investment advice. Trump, not so much. You know, my favorite investor is Warren Buffett. And he's like, if you like rap, you'll probably like Jay-Z or Beyonce. If you like basketball, you probably like Michael Jordan or LeBron. Greatest of all times, right? The GOATs. If you like investing, it's, it's Warren Buffett. A lot of Americans are laying investing until their financial situation improves. Time is the greatest money-making asset an individual can possess. And people wait. The Oracle of Omaha, he ca- calls it. Uh, the famous investor, he used to sell chewing gum. Warren Buffett started by selling chewing gum. Now he's worth $83 billion. He started young. Do you get where I'm going at with this? 10, 20, 30 years of investing, great idea. You could use that app called Acorns. It starts you. You could do an Acorns app and uh, put it in your kid's name. It starts him or her. Look at me being all sexist.